We are in that space between Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays, but we are still working and things are still super serious. And so joining us for our regular consumer protection segment and more general segment is our friend Jamie Court. He is the president of Consumer Watchdog, and you can find him at consumerwatchdog.org. And so Jamie Court, to my mind, is a great consumer advocate right up there with Ralph Nader. And the founder of Consumer Watchdog was one of Nader's raiders, Harvey Rosenstein. So, or Rosenstein, I, I almost said Harvey Weinstein. Whatever. That's a little different. But Jamie Cord is... Rosenfeld. Rosenfeld. Oh, my God. I've known him all these years. <laughs> I'm thinking Rod Rosenstein. A business genius he is not. Well, it's pretty obvious, Jamie. I'm not a genius. So, it's between Weinstein and Rod Rosenstein... <laughs> Harvey and, Rosenfield. And Harvey, Harvey Rosenfield. Rosenfield. I mean, I'm, I'm getting all mixed up here. So, okay. In any event. Jamie, thanks so much for coming back on the Norman Goldman Show. And the reason I played up the consumer protection part is because we've got to talk about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. So, Jamie, thanks for being part of the team. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Well, Jamie, we had uh, some giant news this week, and I was very pleased to see that the corporate media, the national news media, actually took this story of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and made it top of the news for a couple of days while the whole thing was hanging in limbo. Donald Trump claimed that he had the power to appoint an interim director. The law seemed to say Dodd-Frank that set up the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Dodd-Frank seemed to say that when the uh, director is gone, the deputy director takes over. So the director left, left a good pro-consumer person in his deputy director. Donald Trump said, forget that, appointed his own office management budget director, a former congressman named Mick Mulvaney, who hates the place and has been very clear that he wants to destroy it and wreck it. And so a, a federal judge, two months on the bench, appointed by Donald Trump, confirmed by the Senate, and took his seat September the 8th. Brand new federal judge, two months on the job, ruled in Donald Trump's favor. Jamie, is this the end of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau? It is in the short term, I'm afraid. I mean, there's a lot of projects that are ongoing, but the direction is clearly going to be one that's uh, not about consumer protection. I mean, the stated aim of the new director is to make free markets freer. The goal of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is to protect consumers from fraud in markets. And so uh, I think you're really looking at what is happening at the EPA and what has been happening with environmental protection now going to be happening with consumer protection. Uh, and any ongoing, ongoing uh, investigations and uh, prosecutions related to uh, consumer fraud are really very much at risk unless you know, what the new director says isn't going to be his mantra. I mean, I think it's, it's really hard to pull back, as we've learned at the Justice Department, you know, certain cases that are, uh, or regulations even, that are, you know, moving, you know, way down the road and far along. But this is a pretty, um, this bureau is in its infancy still. It is a young bureau, and um, I think it's going to be a lot easier to dismantle this than it has been to dismantle other arms of the federal government. I'm fearful that consumers won't have a place to turn uh, and that the staff attorneys and all the good work they have been doing on investigations are going to come to an abrupt halt. The director of the CFPB has tremendous power, and you alluded to it a moment ago. He can end investigations, which I suspect Mick Mulvaney will just start, has probably already started doing. We're not going to investigate this. You're going to shut that down. 
But the part that really gets me upset is he's going to settle current cases very cheaply. And that's one of the things we in California saw with a former insurance commissioner named Quackenbush. Uh, but this is a tactic that the Republicans can use when they're in this position of power. If the staff of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has worked up a case against a big bank and they've got a good, strong case and they can get, you know, maybe a billion dollars back, here comes Mick Mulvaney saying, oh, that's a case in progress, calls the bank and says, why don't we just settle it? So they settle it for 10 or $12 million and, and close the file. This is what consumers and people generally, Jamie, don't understand about how a director who's got a political bent against an agency can just use the processes of the agency to destroy it. Absolutely. That's the problem. Uh, we have, um, we have a, 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 you know, a director who's uh, able to hijack all the good work being done. And, and the question then becomes, do the staff people who are witnessing this, do they go public with it? Do they start blowing the whistle? And does that then create at least some type of case against the Trump administration for uh, not being on the side of consumer, the little guy, when that was what his, you know, that was what his campaign was all about. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't see it, any of that sticking to this guy or sticking to Trump because, you know, we've got an example in the corporate tax bill, corporations that are are doing so well on the stock market that have hundreds of millions of dollars in offshore, ta hundreds of billions of dollars in offshore tax free money, you know, getting a tax break that, that brings them down from, you know, 20 percentage points in their tax rate. And the American people, by and large, you know, are not as up in arms as you would expect when the whole benefit of a tax cut should be helping individuals and it's helping corporations. It's building on a deficit, which is an anti-conservative principle. And Donald Trump doesn't seem to be taking any type of hit in the court of public opinion. I mean, I think most people's public opinion, if you look you know, at the numbers, are pretty low with Donald Trump, but he seems to have no shame in becoming an advocate for corporations who are not citizens under our Constitution. And, you know, the citizens and the, the people who pay taxes and the residents, we are the ones who are supposed to be represented, but we're not. Uh, the corporations are getting the tax cut. It's obscene. I just had lunch with some bankers and they were saying the same thing. The corporations don't even, by and large, want this tax cut because they've got plenty of the effective tax rate in America right now for corporations is not 35%. It's like 20%. Right. So I, I, it's just creating an opportunity for these corporations to give dividends back to stockholders and create a little short-term wealth in a stock market that is, like, you know, at an all-time high right now. I, it's, I, I don't understand how... You know, by and large, maybe we're just so anesthetized, but this type of, uh, you know, advocacy for Goliath corporations at the CFPB and in the tax bill doesn't rub off on the guy who was supposed to be, for the Davids, taking on the Goliaths. I mean, he's, you know, this guy doesn't have a slingshot. He's stepping on everybody. And, uh, and maybe it's because he's fallen so far in the polls and his base won't, you know, they're not going to, it doesn't matter what people say about him, they're not going to budge, but you'd think that there'd be some sensitivity in the executive branch, especially when you're in the thirties with your poll numbers about trampling on the consumers at the CFPB and trampling on the average taxpayers through the tax bill. But there seems to be absolutely none.
Well, Jamie, somebody on Twitter, and I forgot who it was, but it wasn't me, earlier today put up a great tweet, and they said, an unpopular Congress is passing an unpopular tax bill to send it to an unpopular president for signature. Absolutely. Which I think is pretty much it. And if you're just joining us, by the way, we're talking to our friend Jamie Court. He's been with us virtually from the beginning of the show. C-O-U-R-T is how you spell Jamie Court, and he's the president of Consumer Watchdog. Check him online, consumerwatchdog.org, and they do go to court for consumers, but a whole lot more. And Jamie, Gary Cohn from Wall Street, from Goldman Sachs. Gary Cohn, a couple of weeks back in this video audio of this, so it's it's easily seen online. Gary Cohn was at a conclave with a bunch of CEOs in a big room. And he said, Gary Cohn, right up the top of the, the stage, on, he said, let's see a show of hands. Show me the CEOs who are going to reinvest all their tax money and create jobs. And like two hands went up out of maybe 60. <laughs> and, and Gary Cohn said, and it was captured on audio, where are all the other hands? And when, when the press asked the CEOs that weren't raising hands, what are they going to do with all that money? They said, oh, we'll do stock buybacks. We'll give extra dividends. We'll just park the money somewhere until we figure out what to do with it. I mean, they're not going to hire people. And they, the CEOs have been honest about it. Jamie, how can this thing get through? I have, uh, I think I have no uh, sense that there is any shame any uh, emotion like that in Washington, D.C. anymore among the Republican Party. And I, I watched this town hall with uh, Tim Scott, Republican, you know, from South Carolina, and, um, and Ted Cruz going against Bernie Sanders and Maria Cantwell. And uh, to listen to Cruz and Scott, I mean, defend this tax bill and just twist it and not acknowledge that it's really about you know, helping corporations and particularly with the House bill, uh, you know, cut student loan deductibility and uh, tuition deductibility, cutting the deductibility of medical bills for kids with autism, families of people with big, big medical bills won't be able to deduct their bills. I mean, this hurts not just, you know, the middle class, and but, but, but the people who are most hurting in the middle class. And it's going to have such an impact on working people. But I also think that um, the Democrats haven't really hit the, the, the nail on the head enough going after just what a giveaway it is to the corporations because they're a bit afraid of the Chamber of Commerce and the big corporations. And that's been and a problem plaguing the Democrats for a long time now. It is. And, and so you may have Bernie and, and Elizabeth Warren doing an okay job on it, but, you know, Maria Cantwell isn't. Uh, I mean, she does an okay job. But it's, it's, it's very mealy-mouthed. And a lot of the Democrats are very mealy-mouthed because they don't want to be on the record uh, as, 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 as saying these corporations are freeloaders and we don't want to give them anything, which is the right answer because the corporations don't vote. Of course, they write big checks, they have PACs, they elect people. So no one in the political establishment wants to offend people. But calling it as you see it outside the political establishment, this is an unbelievable gift, a huge Christmas present to large American corporations that have done so well and are doing so well, and the stockholders in them that are doing so well at the expense of the little guy, of the little of the people who, who are really hurting, and people in high-tax states who are just getting by because it's expensive to live there, at the expense of people who buy new homes, at the expense of, uh, of, of students and, 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 and people sick. People with big medical with really bills. Right. Illness. Yeah. 
I, I just, you know, that is that is such a core democratic issue. And if the Democratic Party wasn't so in bed with big corporations, they could articulate that as well as Thomas Jefferson and take power back. But they are. And so they're not hitting this one right where they need to hit it between the eyes and then hitting it out of the park in the next election. Instead, you have Nancy Pelosi, who is opposed clearly, but she is, you know, she is the darling of the large corporations in San Francisco and the financial and trans-America companies that have been funding her forever, and she doesn't want to go against them. Jamie, you, you and I know what it's all about. Money, 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 money. And in fact, speaking of money and speaking of this tax bill, Jamie, embedded in the Senate version of the tax bill is a repeal of the mandate of Obamacare. That will allow millions of people to no longer have health insurance. Young people won't have to buy it. There'll be no penalty. They'll absent themselves from the market. Rates are going to go up for everybody else. And because there'll be fewer people getting subsidies, because there'll be fewer people buying insurance, that frees up over $300 billion over 10 years for the Republicans to dedicate to their tax cuts for big business and the rich. And Jamie, that that's in the bill, and nobody seems to be zeroing in on that one either. No, I mean, you know, I've always had a problem with the mandate because I don't think people should be forced to buy from, you know, health insurance companies that aren't regulated in large part on what they can charge. But I do think that upsetting the delicate balance that we've created through Obamacare is going to cause tremendous havoc in the insurance market. And it's going to give the insurance companies cause again, as Trump did this year, to raise rates again. Californians... Uh, with Anthem Health Insurance in the individual market are facing 40% increases in their health insurance. 40%. I just talked to a guy yesterday, he's a hemophiliac, who tells me his Aetna policy is doubling for he and his employee from 800 to 1600 bucks. Wow. That's because of Trump. That's because they're trying to destabilize the health insurance market. And it's because of the greed of the health insurance companies, which, you know, I'm happy to get rid of. But the <laughs> point is, people are really hurt by these policies. You can't afford the type of pain that is being dispensed by Trump and the Republicans, and they don't care. It's literally like Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake, man. You know, let them, let them go. You, they can't afford health insurance? Let them get a concierge doctor, you know. So I, I have to believe that all of this will backfire if it's enacted. On the other hand, I sure hope it's not enacted and it's another strikeout, but I heard now John McCain's on board with the tax bill. Mm-hmm even though he's a deficit hawk. And, and, you know, this is going to blow up the deficit. It's going to make it very, very big. So I wonder if Susan Collins is going to find another compatriot to stop it tonight. And I wonder also, uh, you know, if there's going to be enough um, enough to prevent these two, the, if there is a Senate bill, from the House and Senate bill from being reconciled. I, my fear is, is that, as this banker just said to me at lunch, he said, you know, we all know. What's going on here? When you when you put money like this in the economy for these corporate tax breaks, it's one-time stock wealth, which creates inflation. It doesn't create economic growth. It doesn't create jobs. It creates inflation, which means everything's going to be more expensive. It's not going to help anybody in the long term create jobs. What you need is higher wages to do that. But corporations aren't going to turn around and pay people more because they got a big tax cut. It's just Jamie, not going to it's, happen. it's catastrophic economic policy, and it's being done without any hearings. It's being done without any expert testimony. It's being done in a rush basis because of the political considerations, and that's why it's going to be a catastrophe if it ends up being enacted into law. Jamie, I got to leave it there, but my goodness gracious, the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year is definitely busy, business as usual, on turbocharge. We've been talking to our 
our friend Jamie Court. C-O-U-R-T is the spelling. He goes to court. Consumer Watchdog goes to court for consumers. Check him, consumerwatchdog.org. Jamie, thanks so much for sticking with us right here through the holidays. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Norm. I appreciate the time.